Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set well, everybody else is doing it. Fine. Let them do it. Let that be their sin. Don't let it be yours. You've got a higher calling of God. Because if you do it, then other people are going to go, well, Ray did it. You see what I'm saying? Well, I saw Ray hanging out with some other woman that wasn't his wife. Well, if Ray can do it, then I can do it. See the, the structure breakdown and see the accountability, not just on me, but on you. You call yourself a believer in Jesus? Good. You're very accountable now to do right. So he didn't want a bad report. So he says, I, I'm not going to go into this temple. I can't do it. Everybody would end up breaking the law. So he says, I, I'm not going to go into this temple. I can't do it. Everybody would end up breaking the law. And then there would be exponentially greater trouble than there is already. It would really be bad. So Nehemiah refused this false prophet's lie. And so they were able to continue with what God had told him to do. Nehemiah 6 and 15. So the wall was finished. Look at that. Bam. In your face, Sanballat. <laughs> the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Oh, now the bad guys go, I bet you their God did that. Friends, you don't have to do what everybody tells you. you. Matter of fact, you shouldn't. You should do what God tells you. Focus on the mission. And when you achieve and accomplish that mission, then the people that tried to get you to blow that mission will look and go, their God must have had them do this. Now some people are seeing. Maybe some people got saved out of this. I don't know. So an entire city wall was built in just 52 days. Remember when we first considered the damage he was looking at? This is going to take forever. No, 52 days. It took longer for Nehemiah to plan the wall and to travel to Jerusalem than it took to build the whole wall. Nobody had ever seen work get done like this before. Their God had to have empowered them to do this work. What a good testimony it proved. So now other people... All these other nations that were supposedly talking about them, and so-and-so said, and the nation said, and Geshem said, right? Now they're all afraid. But remember what their enemies said to them before they built the wall. Remember when they just talked about building the wall, that guy made fun of them. He said, if a fox jumps on their wall, it'll fall down. <laughs> he was making fun of them. <laughs> but now they're the ones that are afraid. Not just because of the wall that they did build, but they were scared of Israel's God. Nehemiah focused on the mission. He never got distracted. 
He planned, he stuck to the calling, he stayed on the vision, and he did not allow himself to be distracted. And now it's his enemies are the ones who are afraid, and they are also recognizing God's hand in the whole thing. I think this is Christianity 101 for us. Stick to it. Eventually your enemies will see what they could not see before through what you have done. Nehemiah 6 and 17. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, and his son Jehoiannan had married the daughter of Meshalem, the son of Berechiah. Also they reported his good deeds before me, and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Sanballat's right-hand man, that guy Tobiah, he was actually related to Nehemiah's workers. Whoa! He was related to Nehemiah's people in two ways, through his father-in-law and through his daughter-in-law. And even though they worked on the wall with Nehemiah, they considered Tobiah to be a good guy. Oh, man, that's my uncle or that's my, you know, my grandpa's brother's friend or something. He's a good guy. Yes, that old buddy system. You know how you play the buddy system in in politics? You know, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He could be a scoundrel, but the buddy system says he's a good guy. So they were pledged to Tobiah just because he was in their family. So you got these family ties going on. It kept some, some of Nehemiah's own people from believing the threats that Tobiah was sending out. Tobiah sending out ruthless, bad stuff, and a lot of the people, they're just not going to believe. No, I know Tobiah. He's, he's, he's a good guy. He's in my family. So what you have here is biased division in the camp. Biased division in the camp. I hate that. You get a good thing going, even in a church, and all of a sudden you get somebody has a has an issue, and because they're friend of another guy over here, then they all start taking sides, and next thing you know, you're, di- you're just cut right down the middle. So even with biased division in the camp, though, they were still able to build the wall in just 52 days. How did they do this? Because Nehemiah stuck to the plan, he stuck to the vision, and he did not allow distraction to interrupt him. I have seen pastors fight through church divisions. I have had to go through a church division. And one thing I refused to do was deviate at all from what God told me to do. I had a lot of people mad at me for it, and they were cooking things up and making up a lot of things, writing a lot of emails. People were talking. Everybody says, everybody says, Ray, that you're this and you're that. I just stuck to the mission. Nehemiah had a lot of opposition to deal with. He had sneaky opposition. First off, Sanballat and Tobiah tried to deceive Nehemiah through what looked like on the surface to be peace talks. What's for your good? It's for peace. Oh, all in the name of peace. Everybody's calling everything out there in the name of peace. They're marching in the streets for what God's word says is sin. And they're calling it love and peace. It ain't. Sneaky. Looking like peace talks. But in reality, its intention was actually harmful. In our own calling to walk with God, there will be times in your life when Satan will send opposition to try to take you down and he will try to destroy your walk with the Lord God. And usually these attempts will look 
on the surface like they will be good things. They will look like, oh, yeah, that looks like a pretty good deal. But you've got to weigh it out with discernment. And oftentimes the people that will try to tell you to do these things that God never called you to do, you might have a biased perception about them that they're good people. I've got a lot of well-meaning people around town trying to get me into their organizations and things that they're doing. Well, we got a bunch of churches. We're, we're all doing it. Why don't you come? And I look at what they're really doing, and I found out there's a lot of things they're doing that God's Word says don't do. And so I have to tell them all the time, sorry, I can't be in your little clubhouse. But you've got to be careful. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Oh, angel of light. Looks good to me. He's all lit up, looks angelic, must be good. That's the devil, guys. You know, the pitchfork and the red and the horns and all the, you know, the tail and all that. Uh, think of what an angel of light might look like. Satan makes himself look like that just to foul you up. Got to know your word. There's a local guy in our area that tried to pull me into his little group where he was leading pastors, bringing them all together. We're going to have breakfast together. We're going to pray together. Oh, that looks so godly. And I wanted something like that to be true. But I looked him up. I looked into it, and I found out this guy. This guy was not a pastor, first of all. I don't know how a pastor, a non-pastor, leads pastors. He was actually pushing a local school district, and I found video of him online at at an actual um, hearing to let a young boy identify as a girl. And he even stood up before the city leadership to push them to accept this this man that was lead, and he's leading churches in our area. So I met this man for coffee, and I told him I looked all that up, and I found this about you, and it's very wrong. And boy, I tell you what, he, he continually called this boy a her. Now, this isn't politics I'm talking about. I'm talking God's Word. He kept calling this boy a girl, and he made everything look so godly, like it was good. God's Word does not agree with this. Now, if you think Sam Ballot and Tobiah were weasels, this guy was going to be a weasel too. (laughs) They made it look proper. They made it look right. But at their core, it is wicked evil. And you've got to be able to recognize it. I told this man what he was doing. I said, what you're doing is wrong. And you need to repent. And boy, he did not like it. He defended his position all the more. He said, you sound just like that pastor down the road that's trying to take me down. I said, I hope he does. Because you're not fearing the Lord. You're doing this with other churches, and I adamantly refuse to be in your group. I cannot do it. I cannot compromise to that. And this man has lots of churches in our area, big churches, whose pastors have been suckered into following him. It's terrible. I pray for them all the time. I will not tell you who. But I pray all you can do, just pray for the churches. And this isn't some California thing. This is here in this town and in Pearland and in Manville and Friendswood, us here. We've got to pray. But like Nehemiah, I've got a vision that I've been called to, to preach the word of God. And friends, I'll tell you, whatever God's word says is sin is sin. 
regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, a liberal or a conservative, if God's word says it is a sin, I'm going to preach it the way it says it. I have maintained a focus that I'm committed to, and I cannot back off of it just because some people want me to or say bad things about me. I cannot allow myself to be distracted from what God has called me to do. Nehemiah would not waste his time to go to talk to Samballat and Tobiah when the Lord gave him the perception to know that they were wicked. I see the same thing here. The Lord has given me perception on people before. These guys are wicked. You stay away from them. So I did. We cannot afford to waste our time to allow people who are hell-bent on doing evil to cause us to stop doing our kingdom work. Don't let them distract you. Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think, focus, concentrate, meditate on these things. When you see something on TV that is not pure, get off of it. When you see something on the internet that is not lovely or is not of a good report, it has no virtue to it, is not noble, it's, and if it isn't true, get off of it. Don't let it have your time. This is a Bible verse that talks about eliminating distraction from your life. I remember in Luke 10, there's a story where Jesus sent some guys to go do a mission on an urgent journey, and he instructed them specifically. He said, don't greet anyone on the way. Why? Shouldn't we be friends with everybody and hang out and, you know? No, you've got work to do. Go do it. Stick to the mission. Don't stop and smell the roses. Don't go anywhere to hang out. Keep your mind on the mission because distraction will cause you to waste time. Waste time. Do y'all believe Jesus is coming soon? I do. We ain't got time to waste. Well, Ray, what what about making friends on the way? They will make friends in the Lord with you by watching your commitment more than if you stop hanging out with what they're doing. Don't let distraction take you away from what God has called you to do. You know the enemy hates your kingdom work? He hates it. And he will wrap up evil in a pretty wrapper to try to get you to accept it. And it will always look good. Proverbs 26 and 4, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. I always do this and nobody ever puts their hand up. Who in here would love more problems in their life? Put your hand up. Somebody's got to want more trouble. Okay, this is a verse that tells you how to stay out of it. Okay. (laughs) When somebody tells you something that does not agree with God's will, with the Word of God, that is a red flag that what they're saying is not from God, okay? But I don't know God's Word. Well, you better get reading quick. That's all I got to say. Nehemiah did not have to answer to Sanballat, and he would not give him the time of day to go to his little peace talks in, oh, no. He wouldn't do it. Nehemiah did not have to fear their threats. I'm going to tell the king on you. I've got the king's permission to do what I'm doing. And the king's authority. 
and the king's provision to do what I'm doing. And friend, you and I also have the king's permission. We have the king's provision and we have the king's authority to go out there and do the mission that we were called to do. I'm going to tell the king on you. King told me to do it. Matthew 28, 16. He says, go. That's a command. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that the TV has commanded them to do. Teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you to do. Watch out, guys. Watch out. That's the command our king gave us, and we have to do it even when your enemies don't like it. And they'll throw that offense card at you. You can't do that. Yes, I can. My king told me to do it. Well, you can't just get out there. And I had a friend once tell me, believe it or not, he was claimed to be a Christian. He said, you can't go around just talking about Jesus. I said, why not? He goes, because it's offensive. And if you offend them, then they won't listen. And how are they going to hear about the Lord? Run that through your head for a minute. Friends, you've, you don't answer to them. Don't let them distract you. You've got to have discernment like Nehemiah did. You've got to be able to see through that facade, through the false appearance that they will try to trick you with. Because on the surface, they're going to usually look like they're trying to do a good thing. Ephesians 5 and 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out, which means discerning, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You've got to discern what the Lord likes, not what they like. Okay. If the Lord tells you to do something, then you do it. But if somebody tells you to do something that is not acceptable to the Lord, then you do not do it. I don't care if everybody's doing it. I don't care if everybody's saying something about you if you don't do it or if it makes you look like a dork. Go ahead and look like a fool for the Lord, all right? It's a good way to live. <laughs> I don't care how great it looks or how well people try to sell it as being so wonderful. If God says no, the answer is no. Use godly discernment. Use your faith. And by the way, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. If you're not hearing the Word of God, I don't see how in the world you can have discernment at all. These people that say you don't have to know the Bible, you don't have to read the Bible, you don't have to study the Bible to be a Christian, boy, are they messed up. That's deceived. They're in trouble. What good would it have been for Nehemiah to spend all this time building up a wall around Jerusalem if his discernment was so weak that he would just listen to anybody? Can you imagine 52 days building a wall only to give in to one guy's word and you just blew the whole thing by going in that temple? Likewise, we all have to have godly discernment or else all the work that you're trying to do will serve no purpose. I'm working for the Lord, I'm working for the Lord, I'm working for the Lord. You're doing all this stuff, all this work, but you don't have discernment. The first enemy that comes in lies at you is going to tear it all down. You need discernment. Psalm 35, 1, plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those 
who fight against me. It does not say, let me fight against those who fight against me. It says, Lord, you do it. You fight, Lord God. You don't need to waste your time countering words with people, back and forth, back and forth. Somebody said, oh, no, let me deal with that. You don't have to. The Lord fights. You're going to have a lot of opposition to your walk and your calling. Sometimes your enemies will be friends. It might be people that work with you. They might be driven by family bias or some kind of bias like Tobiah's relatives were. I've had this opposition in church before. I had opposition by friends of friends who were focused on playing favorites in the church more than they were focused on the direction of this church. Don't come in here with your vision. This is Our vision ultimately is Jesus Christ in here. And I have found that some of the greatest pains in a Christian walk is when a close friend stands against my walk with God. And that's when I have to stand firm in the calling that God gave me. When someone close to me tries to get me off on a tangent, that is very difficult. But Nehemiah faced this. He still got the wall built. How? Because he stuck to the plan. He stuck to the vision. He stuck to his focus. He did not allow distraction to waste his time and his energy. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, you shall love the Lord with most of your heart, with some of your soul, and with at least 20% of your strength. Okay, that's the Americanized version. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It doesn't say partial. God wants it all. I'm married to that woman back there, Anna. She's mine. I want all of her. She gives herself to no one else. Same with me. I give all of myself to her. No other woman gets me. I give all of myself to her. God wants all of you. He doesn't want to part you to part yourself out. You know why he called Israel adulterous? Because they were spending their time with other, other sinful things. He wants all of you. Opposition is going to try to steal your time, your resources. All I can say is be firm, don't waver, don't be influenced to go back and forth because the enemy wants to destroy your integrity like they tried to do Nehemiah. He wants to compromise your commitment. But if you stick to the vision, then even your enemies will see that God had his hand in your life. And that's what happened to Nehemiah's enemies. They saw it. But to be able to do this, you have got to know God's word to gain faith and use that faith with discernment. You need to be able to see through a false prophet's lies like Nehemiah did, especially in the days we're in right now. This is false prophet buffet time right now. And they're chomping down on everybody and everything. There's a lot of false prophets, tons of them. They speak in opposition to God's word. Real teachers speak in agreement with God's word. You'd think that equation would be easy to see, wouldn't you? They speak in agreement to God's word, but if you don't know God's word, what's the point of building all this stuff if anybody can mess you up? So friends, don't fall victim. Don't be deceived under what anyone tells you. You know, that part where they said there's a king in Judah, he's coming. And you need to be ready. We have a king that's coming. When you have company coming over, you clean up the house, you dust and clean the glass and vacuum and all that stuff. We need to get ready because there is going to be a king in Judah coming. We need to be ready. Don't waste your time. Focus on the mission.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.